On today's episode of Education Today, I have Melissa Clay. Melissa is a special education teacher at Lemonsville Elementary. She has experience working with middle and elementary school students. This year, she worked with first grade students on her caseload. She's going to share with us today how remote learning and the coronavirus has impacted her working with her students on her caseload. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Thanks so much for hopping on here with me and answering some questions about how remote learning has affected you with your caseload and kind of what it has looked like for you. Yeah. So one of my first questions was, being a special education teacher, things have looked very different for you than general education classes. What are some of the things that are guidelines that you were given to help meet the students that are on your caseload? Okay, well, whether it's remote or just regular, what school looks like for us, either way, and we always have, you know, our IEP is it that is our Bible kind of it sets our guidelines for our students um, to be most successful. So regardless of we're in school or out of school doing things remotely, I always have to follow that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a timeline that we work off of. So, you know, we work exactly on what the IAP goals say the students need, whether you're writing those goals yourself or um, another special education teacher has written them for me to follow. um, That's our focus as a teacher. So um, the resources we use to teach the instruction and the curriculum that the teachers are using in their classrooms are obviously altered, you know, based on the different levels um, the students require to, in order to understand the instruction. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we basically have to follow the IEP guidelines that are set, whether that's a student receives, maybe they receive resource or they receive co-teach. I follow those exact minutes. And um, I did the same thing um, as we did things um, using NTI and using other alternate forms of, uh, you know, our traditional teaching. Um, We did it the same way, no matter what. Right. So what were some challenges that you faced with remote learning and meeting with your kids? Um, Because we weren't able to pull the small groups or co-teach together. And then as we would in a normal general ed classroom. Sure. I think like the confidentiality piece is the biggest challenge for special education um, because I couldn't, I had to join in, you know, our, for co-teaching, I had to join in with a co-teacher, you know, with the teacher I teach with. Absolutely. I had multiple classrooms, you know, that I felt responsible for. And I, I would have loved to take all of my kids that have developmental delay and put them all in one little group on Zoom. But I couldn't do that because, you know, the confident, like I said, just it wasn't fair to them. So right. that was frustrating, I think, as a teacher. So um, I think that also just the data collection was incre- incredibly difficult because having kids with social skills deficits, um, they already struggle with that with a very structured setup of a classroom and then mm-hmm. their class in their homes and with their parents. And it just looks so different. And my data, the last, th- the end of the third nine weeks and the fourth nine weeks, I mean, it looked totally different than it would have if we were in school. Um, I think some of the students were on track to make progress, you know, if we would have stayed in school and then, um, and then a majority of my students would have, and then, you know, we ended the year so differently and it just plummets, you know, it just, I can't give them the same 
I guess, score or percentage or, you know, four out of five or whatever, however we would score their goal, um, their progress. I can't give them the same, you know, credit really as I would have in our, in our regular setup. Well, in our social, the kids with social goals are not getting those social interactions that they would if they were in the classroom setting. Well, and I think that that's what was so hard. Um, A lot of my goals are written for, you know, peer to peer Mm -hmm. um, types of goals. And I can't measure how well they talk to their parent, you know, like how they respond to, you know, maybe a child taking something, you know, I don't have that option. So I think a lot of it, and we were actually asked to still, do those you know we still have to do purse reports because we have to do our job so it's like it just makes it really difficult for all parties you know absolutely well what are some of the things that you think went well over your time for remote learning um I mean I definitely feel like I built relationships probably better with my students because I had I had to do it one-on-one I mean kids that I normally would see in a small group together, like, you know, with eight kids, I actually had got time to see them by themselves. Um, and I got time to find out things beyond just school, you know, um, what their house was like, you know, what their parents were like, what their dog was like, um, what they enjoyed. And I think that that, that piece was fun. You know, absolutely. I thought that too. Like I just getting to see, and they're getting to see you in a different space too. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the assignments or activities that NTI looked like for you and for your kids? Well, since I have developmental delay, you know, across the board, um, it, it obviously also first grade, it was very simplistic. Um, we had a paper option as well as an electronic option because um, there were a couple students that that's just what parents preferred. And so the paper option was quite simple. It was um, just social skills activities such as like walk and talk with a family member, um, just teaching them to remember to acknowledge other people and having eye contact, you know, so they had, it was kind of like a choice board throughout. Um, I also had like one of them was like play a board game. Um, And like while taking, um, I guess, giving each other time to respond, you know, wait your turn, Um, because a lot of my students like had that goal, Um, being patient, you know, just teaching them those social skills through playing games, through through just anything you would do at home. And some of that is hard because I don't know what their homes look like, you know, or what they have. It was like, you know, one of my things said, if you have a board game, I don't know if they have a board game at home, you know. Um, and then the other option was electronic and actually these were really fun, um, quick videos, quick ways to, um, just kind of pull in some of those social skills. I can give you an example of one of the videos. It was like a little bird and he was at a a pet store and he really wanted to be sold, but he looked different. And it was like a cartoon little four or five minute video. And, um, nobody ever wanted him just because he looked different. And so at the end, like he ends up getting you know, taken by getting bought by somebody and they, they treated him so well. And so it just talks about um, how it's okay to be different. It's okay to look different. And so hopefully your kid walks away with, with a skill they've learned, you know, and, and always encourage the parent to talk, to talk them through those things as well. Right. Both of those options sounds like great things that even our kids that have social goals that, I mean, for a, for other first grade students to see and 
and hear those mm-hmm. those things would be yep. awesome right so, yeah so um what were some of the in or what were some of the impacts for the students with IEPs I know you talked about the data collection mm-hmm. um yeah that how, <laughs> how will that impact the students in the future yeah um well that's that's a really great question I don't know um I think that, like I said, it was very challenging. And I mean, their true progress that they've made, if they made any, I mean, I hope they did. I worked hard to try. We all, but um, it's hard to predict, you know, Um, just, I think about the future when we, when we do go back to school, writing an IEP from the very beginning, you know, writing their goals. Like say I have a kid that's due um, Mm -hmm. in September. Well, I don't know really, truly what they are able to do in the, regular classroom or my classroom as soon as we just right off the bat you know I've got it I'm gonna have to have time to like delve into some of that I think um absolutely ARC discussions are going to be difficult like I can't imagine having an arc when we get back after so much time off plus the two months that we had you know through non-traditional teaching um it's hard for me to say I know my kid as well as I did before as well as we did. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, so, I know, I know their favorite cereal because I watched the meeting. But, right. You know. Right. How are parents feeling right now? What are some of the things that they are concerned with or they saw going well? I think they're concerned about the same things as we are. I mean, I think they really are. I think they're just concerned about their growth. I think they're concerned about the gap they're going to see. I, I have one specific student that, you know, the parent is very concerned about them going to the next grade and um, them just not fitting in anymore with mm-hmm. second graders, you know, like mm-hmm. not making that next step to progress to even be able to begin that year. And then you look at, you know, you don't want to hold them back because of it, because is that fair? But then is it the best? You know, I think parents are concerned with that. Um, they're concerned if we're going to go back to school and they're concerned absolutely to go back to school and how it's going to look. I mean, I, as a parent, I'm concerned with the same thing, you know, like, um, are we going to go three days a week or I mean, what's that going to look like? So, well, and, and I'm sure you'll agree with this. Some of our kids that need the structure and need the consistency are going to struggle if we do go to a alternative schedule. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're going to struggle if we, they go for two days and then they're off two days and then they're expected to come back. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we just after breaks, we see the Mm -hmm. thing, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I think that especially our younger kids are going to have a hard time with that. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the impacts that we see at our school currently for the um, upcoming year? Um, I mean, I think that luckily our school, considering everything, I think the amount of time that we had to turn this, this world or this learning into remote learning, um, I think we did a great job. Um, I think because we had a leg up sort of as a county um, doing NTI already, um, I think mm-hmm. that was a bit of a bit of a relief to teachers and parents and students because we already had experienced some of the remote learning piece. Whereas like I think of Jefferson County where my uh, stepmom works, she was a lot more stressed, you know, because they were not they didn't even know how to do this thing. Um, well, and they were thrown, they were not allowed to maybe go back into school to right. get materials. Right. And- so I think, yes, I think as far as us, I mean, I feel like our school 
I mean, I think we did a beautiful job at, at handling it, managing it. And I really don't feel like we complained. Like, I feel like just having a positive outlook on the whole thing and knowing we're going to do what's best for kids, no matter what, um, you know, even when parents did, I mean, as a parent, I know it was hard to get on zoom meetings and remember your other kids zoom meeting. And then well, mm -hmm. a kid had to share the computer and then there's a lot of frustration, but I think we continued to still try to meet with our kids no matter what. And I think that that, whether we were really, you know, that one day working on the progress of a goal or just making sure the kid was able to see us, see our face and get outside of that little four walled room that they were in, you know? Absolutely. That was one of my favorite pieces is when my kids got on and seeing their faces light up <laughs> when a new friend got on a zoom session or yep. just, it was, I mean, it was kind of like a Zoom play date for some of them. And I think that was completely okay. Yep. Yep. Me too. Um, so, you know, you kind of talked about this already. The amount of instruction that students have lost is going to be detrimental. What are some ways that special education teachers are going to have to, what are they going to have to do in the fall to make up for the content that hasn't been covered in the last six months? Well, I think, you know, where we have had this, whole lag of two months where we haven't really gotten to talk we've been more worried about our students which is what we should have been doing but then conversing as even teams you know sometimes I feel like we mm -hmm. I feel like we did lose some of that because we were so yeah. busy working on the with the kids and the parents um I, like tonight actually our special ed team is getting together to do exactly what you just said like we can't even wait until fall because we're like thinking you know, some of us are moving grade levels. Um, some of us have all new content to learn. Um, and then we've got to learn where the kids are, you know? So I think that's... And who the kids are. Yes. That's kind of what we're discussing tonight. Um, when we kind of figure out and delve into where did they leave off? And I think that that's the main thing. I mean, I can look at a student's goal on an IEP and I can try to meet that goal. But if they weren't even like I don't know exactly what benchmark or what objective they were hitting, what they were on exactly. So I think just conversing with your special education teacher that had them the previous year, had them during the quarantine, had them during all of this um, will make a huge difference because they may not be. I mean, we've also got to remember there's been time away from in-person instruction and that can alter everything. Um, Absolutely. And so they're not going to come back like they did when they used to leave us in May, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that we can at least get a good idea. It's like, I want to meet with the fourth grade teacher or the one that taught third grade last year. So I can know where the kids are going to first begin in fourth grade, what the content looks like. And then also know where were they on their goals? Like what could they not do? Like where were their gaps? And then we mm -hmm. just start exactly where she left off and kind of see, okay, can we start here or do we need to back up more? You know, right. Um, just getting to know those kids. Exactly. I think that's going to take a little bit of time in the fall as well. Well, and I think you think about even, and I get what the parent, my parent was concerned about with my first grader and just what, what is that going to look like for the little people? Like I worry about even my own child getting social skills. She's not even began school. Was school going to look the same, you know? And mm -hmm. um, so I think all of those are concerns and I think definitely, you know, um, we just got to communicate with what we're going to get and be honest, you know, um, with what, Absolutely. with what they can, 
what they can do and ways. And I think it's going to be important when we first start school to make sure that kids find success in school, because if they can't, they are going to like easily give up. You know what I mean? Because. Well, and I think we're going to have to spend some time at the beginning working on building those relationships back with each other and those social skills because they haven't had those interactions Mm -hmm. in a while. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of negative things that have been said about remote learning and some challenges, but there have been empowering things that have come from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my questions, my last question is, what is something that you have seen that is empowered or has impacted you in a positive way through all of this? I really think that, I mean, I already knew our school, like really it's our school and our teachers. I already knew our school was great. That's why I wanted to come there two years ago. Um, And I already knew the people in it were why, you know, um, my son went there before and I just enjoyed the, the environment really. Um, But I think seeing, especially special ed teachers, actually seeing what they, other, my co-teachers, people that I teach with at my school, seeing what they did, behind the scenes, seeing how hard they um, how they really work to meet their students' needs and seeing how, I mean, individualizing instruction, how important it is, but it's even more important with remote learning. I mm-hmm. mean, times 25,000. <laughs> and it's so much harder and you have to work so much harder, really, um, if you want to make a difference and if you want to see progress. And I did. I saw teachers work hard to find ways to meet their students' needs on their own, on individually. And I thought that that was awesome. Right. And I think the Parade of Learning Mm -hmm. was a wonderful example of how much our school means to our students and how much that they feel the culture Mm -hmm. and the climate and how it how it affects them how all of this like the excited faces the posters Mm -hmm. the the cheers I think that that was one of the that was probably my favorite moment is just seeing how how our how much they love our school I agree it was awesome so good it was so thank you for joining me and answering a few questions for me and I have loved talking to you and listening to how it has affected you as a special education teacher and just a teacher in general. Yes, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.